0: The Sports Lounge Live. A weekly talk show covering baseball, basketball, football, NASCAR, plus the latest sports news both pro and college. Hear past talk shows on your phone by calling the conversation station or as a podcast on your iPhone, Victor stream or computer. Visit legendoldies.com for links to automatically connect via your computer or iPhone. Call the sports aficionados at area code 646-876-9923 and enter the pin 287 287- 723 4600 followed by the pound key twice and now
1: your hosts chris devin perry lester sean platts and bill sparks well hello and welcome to sports lounge live hope everybody's well this week we've got a busy show and a time constraint the guys want to watch something special at the top of the hour so I'm going to shut up and turn it over to Chris.
2: Hey, you know, if we make it, we make it. It's, it's, it's on oh, tape. Yeah. Actually, Robert said he was taping, and we should mention Robert Herrick is here, ringside Robert. He's our other panelist, and he's with us every week, but he's not on the intro, but that's okay. Everybody, welcome to Sports Bounds Live. It is April 19th, 2020, show number 89, and this is a, kind of a somber, well, it's a good anniversary and a bad anniversary. This this was, is, Tomorrow is actually the celebration, or would be, of Patriot's Day. Of course, we can't really celebrate here, but that's, of course, the shot heard around the world. 1775, uh, Paul Revere's ride the 18th into the 19th, and the the, uh, fighting on Lexington and Concord, and uh, then the shot heard around the world, and the celebration, and the marathon would have been tomorrow, and the normal Patriot's Day activities. The marathon has been postponed until September 14th, as we've told you. Uh, So basically, it's going to be a quiet Patriots Day, like we had a quiet St. Patrick's Day, a quiet Easter, a quiet April Fool's Day, a quiet everything. But we're all socially distancing. We're doing what we're supposed to do. And uh, hopefully uh, things will start to pick up in the next few weeks. But we have uh, it's also the 25th anniversary, unfortunately, of the Oklahoma City bombing. And we need to think about those people, too. And And, that day.
3: And tomorrow is also the anniversary of the Columbine.
2: That's uh, correct, uh, yeah, in 1999. Yep. So it's a it's a tough time of year, and um, and the David Koresh thing was around this time, too. And um, Yeah, in
3: 1993, uh, it, it would have been today, yep.
2: That's right. So, yeah, a lot of lot of things to think about and a lot of things to, to take care of and to do and to be responsible. This is show number 89 uh, on this April 19th. We're going to do what we did before. We're going to do the odds and ends. We do have the NFL draft coming up. We're going to be talking about that, what we know about it, of course, Who knows? And next week we'll try to have as many, well, maybe at least the top 10 picks or so. We'll try to get those for you and just talk about what teams we think did well or, you know, just conjecture. It's all conjecture. Ask us in three years who do well. You never know. Yeah. So we're going to talk about the draft. We're going to talk about uh, the projections about baseball and, you know, golf actually sounds like they're kind of firming things up. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. No fans for any of these sports, but at least we may get some sports going. But anyway, and then we're going to do MLS, it soccer
0: is kind of firming things up too, Chris. Are they? Okay, well, we'll hear about they're, that. They're thinking, maybe, the first that to, yet, they're thinking maybe about the first of June.
2: OK, then yep. we, we again with no fans, I assume
0: with yes. no fans. Yes.
2: Right. Then we have the uh, the unfortunately we have eight deaths to uh, run down for you in the world of sports. And a ninth one that we'll do next week when we have all the information, Bobby Winkles died. And we will we'll talk about him next week. But a manager who uh, managed the A's and the Angels and was a coach, I think, at Arizona. A very Arizona, State. Arizona, Arizona State. Arizona State. OK, there yep. you go. From okay. 1959 to
3: 71. So,
2: yes. Yeah. Okay. So, but now Sean's going to get us started, and then he's going to talk about that documentary. People um, may get to see or may not get to see, depending on how long-winded we are tonight.
4: Yeah. Well, and all right. First of all, if you want to call in any time throughout the night, either download your Zoom app or dial 646-876-9923, then enter the code two eight seven seven two three four six hundred. Hit the pound key twice if you're on your phone, and you'll be in the waiting room, and we'll bring you in as soon as we notice you're there. Star 9 raises your hand if you're on the phone, Alt-Y on the computer, and the more key on your smart device. Also, do not forget 712 432 Three six four two. Go to board nine. You get our today in sports history. Even one that I forgot to put over to our group. Right is over there. <laughs> I forgot to put over there. And if you want to leave us a message anytime throughout the week, eight hundred six nine three zero five nine five. Option two. Uh, to make sure you say it's for Sports Lounge. And if you're listening throughout the week, remember, we are here every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, because, like I said, I have had people ask when we're here live. So that's how you do it if you're listening to the podcast. And also, tonight, if you have not seen all the commercials, it is the debut, the 10-part documentary. They're going to do it over five Sundays, two hours each Sunday, from 9 to 11 Eastern on ESPN and ESPN2, Michael Jordan's Last Dance. It's basically the film. They they, they filmed the last season of 97-98. And if you watch on ESPN, it's the uncensored version, the unedited, nothing bleeped out. They got the kid-friendly version on ESPN2. This was supposed to air after the NBA final, but they moved it up. And what happened was they allowed, the t- they allowed these cameras in for that whole season. And Michael Jordan sat on the footage for about 20 years. And Phil Jackson, in about 2018, someone said, would you like to put this out there? And so a lot of people are questioning because Michael Jordan even said, hey, this may make me look bad. But, you know, hey, it's going to be out there. It may ruin my image. But apparently, from what I understand, Michael Jordan has seen this. I keep wanting to say Michael Jackson, but Michael Jordan has seen Mm. this multiple, multiple times. And so he had, you know, there's nothing in there that he would not want. And it's apparently, and just even stories that I've heard otherwise, it was kind of ugly in there. And it could get rather interesting. So if you're into that, I mean, it's something... I'm yes. at least, and gonna watch the first week and see how it is, and we'll talk about it next week. And get you I've, I've set up
3: I've set up my DVR to record the entire series. It's gonna go from tonight, April nineteenth, until May seventeenth. Will be the final two episodes. So that's how uh-huh. it's gonna yes. go. Okay. And, it's
0: two per, and it's two episodes per night. That's correct. Yeah, two one hour episodes per night is because
4: originally they were gonna run it over ten nights uh, throughout the week. And throughout just different nights, that's the way they were originally going to do it, but after the NBA season, but they're just running super night to get it done well, in five you know, weeks. Just
2: superstars, superstars tend to, and, 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 you know, basketball locker rooms are very small and superstars, you know, you, even you take a Tom Brady or whoever, they tend to get after people because they are perfectionists and, you know, they sometimes don't have the well, best relationships. You, you hear about Larry Bird getting on Kevin McHale. He said, he reminds me of my younger brother. He doesn't work hard enough. He could be better than he is.
3: Well,
4: you know, all the stories of Michael, Michael Jordan, and I've heard this from multiple people, Michael Jordan is not one of the more likable people.
3: Yeah, and you and you remember the famous story in practice where uh, one day he got on Steve Kerr when Steve Kerr was a member of that first Bulls go around, and uh, they actually got into fight. And Steve Kerr was the only one on that team that really stood up to him, and that's mm-hmm. why that's why after that, whenever Michael Jordan couldn't hit a shot, he always gave it to Steve Kerr because he's Jordan said after that he earned my respect.
2: Uh, okay. Yeah, he stood
4: yeah. up to him. Yeah. All right.
2: So we have the uh, this uh finally we have some live action in sports for the first time since what, about March twelfth uh, when the Tigers well, yeah. and the Twins stopped playing. Yeah. We got that people will actually pay attention to, I mean yeah, we've had a couple of UFCs and this and that, but I mean something that's actually in the in the four major sports or college basketball or something, and that, that the, you know about 1:30 in the afternoon that day that stopped on March 12th so now we've got the NFL draft, and uh, what have you guys been hearing about the NFL draft? I haven't heard much. The Patriots have the 23rd pick, so they're not talking much about the draft, but what are you guys hearing sure. is the uh, upcoming?
4: Tua is he's he's dropping. There's injury concerns. There's people thinking that he could drop. He could drop down possibly even out of the top 10. But then there's others saying he could go three because the Redskins have number two. They're they they're not going to take a quarterback. They're, they're, no, they're going to go
3: with Justin. They're going to take uh, Chase Young out of Ohio State. Chase Young. It. They're going to yeah. take
4: Chase Young.
3: And uh, uh, of course, Joe Burrow is going to go number one to Cincinnati. The question marks are going to be at number three. What is Detroit going to do? Nobody really knows what they're going to do.
4: Yeah. They're going to mm-hmm. take uh, Tua or they're going to look somewhere else. And then, you have teams like you have other teams that are talking about trading up, trying to get yeah. or does Detroit well, trade why Detroit
2: down? That's where Detroit might come in because Stafford's a good, still a good quarterback. That's not their problem. They got other problems. Stafford's still pretty good. So then I think the There's next rumors. one,
0: the next one for Tua would be what Miami, and I think they're at five.
3: Miami's at five, and the LA Chargers are at six. Those are the two Miami yeah. would like to trade up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um and remember and remember Miami has three first round draft picks this year. They have got number 5, number 18 and number 26.
2: Yeah, so I could see them talking to Detroit giving them a couple. Yeah.
4: There you That's go. what I'm hearing. They could, them, they could talk. They're they're one of the ones that I think is talking to Detroit.
3: And mm-hmm. the and the Giants and the Giants they also want to move down. They uh, they're uh, uh, apparently they're not they're not happy with number four, and they're, they're interested in moving down. So okay. we'll see what
4: happens.
2: So um, there's a little yeah. different coverage this year for ESPN and NFL Network and uh, ABC and so That'd forth. What's correct. going on yep. with that? Basically,
4: okay, ABC and ESPN are going to have two separate broadcasts, even though they're the same company. ABC is going to have the game day crew, the college game day, Reese Davis and the college game day crew covering it. But okay. ESPN and NFL Network are working together with analysts from both from both players. It's going to be co anchored Rich, Rich Eisen and uh, who's the ESPN? Uh, Trey Wingo? Anchored. It could be so Trey Wingo. Wingo. Trey Wingo, yeah. yeah. Trey Wingo and Rich Eisen are going to co anchor it. They're going to have, of course, Mel Kuyper, all your usuals, but Todd McShay's not going to be in it. But hey, Booger McFarlane gets to come in and give oh, you that great draft analysis so, <laughs> on ESPN and NFL Network. Also, uh, Fox Sports Radio is going to be covering it. All the major radio networks will have yeah. their own. Yeah, XM NFL Network uh, Radio will be all over that. Yeah, um, they yeah, do. Right. Wonder if cool. Sports Radio, SB Nation, Fox Sports Radio—they'll all be covering it. NFL Radio will have it. Uh, yeah, you know, it's going to be. That's to it, and be that's all a over good.
0: Cr- that's usually a good crew on the Sirius XM NFL channel. You have Jason Horowitz, yeah, no. uh, Gil Brandt. Um, Jim uh, Miller, Pat, and, and Pat Kerwin. Those are, yeah, no, that's yeah, normally that's, your Cowboys, crew for all seven rounds.
4: Yep. And I don't know if a lot of the uh, networks do this, but the Cowboys network actually sends the draft down to their whole, at least the first round, down to their network and to their affiliates, and mm-hmm. they analyze all of their So you can check out Cowboys affiliates and I, I'm yep. sure other oh, networks, yeah. other. Yeah. Other uh, teams. Are yeah, doing I'm
2: that, sure so. both uh, sports hub and Eei here will do FAN. I'm sure will do their own coverage. You know, even if they don't send us to the well, network, they'll certainly. Yeah, do Mike, Mike Francis
3: said. Mike Francesca said today um, when he did his CBS radio sports show, he said. I'll be doing RAF coverage Thursday and Friday on WFAN so Okay. You
4: know yeah, mean, all right. Like said, the Cowboys if you go to 105.3 the Fan but it's all the Cowboys network people so they're making it available for their, for all their affiliates and I'm I think Houston's I think Houston's just doing it on Sports Radio 610. but just check all your flagships of all your yep. stations and you'll get I mean, you're going to find plenty of draft coverage because oh, yeah. everybody wants some programming.
2: So and Roger Goodell going to be in his basement, in his bunker there, and uh, doing correct. the draft. And then, how is this to going to work? To you, you were saying, Sean, that they're going to have like 15 fans for each team. Where they're going to be in their own homes or somewhere? And how's that all going to work?
4: Well, no, I wouldn't. No, I think uh, no, I wouldn't say that. I've heard that they're going to have fans.
2: But when teams are on no, the clock, uh, they're going to show some fans somewhere, right?
4: Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. No some I, fans. I don't know how that's going to work. Okay. You know, I'm not sure exactly how that's going to work, but they're going to be showing some fans. Now I know every.
3: A, I know all the media people are supposed to be at their own homes, so I don't know. I, that's why I'm interested in watching coverage to see how this is going to
0: work. Yep. Well, speaking be of be a watching little... coverage, though, we do already have a hand. Okay. Hand. Reservation go ahead, Jerry. Google. Go, whoa, go, ahead, Jerry. go ahead, Jerry. Jerry. Okay, well,
3: I can tell you this. Well, two things. On MLB Network
0: Radio, they have... A, oh, shut up. Yeah. Yes, they have the New York Mets, the first game and, ever in Mets history, yes. Yeah, Cardinals oh, okay. and Mets. That's oh, what yeah, they got I remember tonight. that. Okay, I've heard that. And yep.
3: uh, I don't know if you guys included this, but last Monday, the 13th, marked the 11th anniversary of the... Death of Harry Callis.
2: Yes, I was going to mention that in our history thing. I, I remembered that when you mentioned it this week, and and that's right. Yeah. And we will uh, mention that. And of course, uh, people who were listening to MLB Radio during the week got to hear him and Andy Musser and Richie Ashburn and Chris Wheeler do the uh, pennant-winning game in 1993 against the uh, Braves, and that was good to hear. So uh, yeah, yeah, and, and Chris, great.
0: those guys were those guys were good together.
2: Yeah, oh, they, they, were. Were. they yes, were. They were. They were. Yep, I not think, think Andy I got think to do that's the World Series. The, he had an eye problem, and I don't think he got to do, right. do the World Series that year, if
0: I remember. I think so that though that's the, the cool thing about the, these classic games that you get to hear on something like that. You get to hear voices maybe you've not heard before, maybe you haven't heard in a long time. That are yep. that, that really are good. Well, I heard yeah. Mike Shannon last night for a minute. He sounded
4: young. He that's did. Right. He was yes, he did. young at one time.
2: Yeah, unbelievable.
4: <laughs> okay, all right. So we uh, get- will. And while, yeah, while we're doing that, I got to give Fox some props. They actually did a Super Bowl before 2007 or 2008. They did a Summer All Madden one today. Oh, okay. Atlanta, Denver.
3: Which uh, okay. Which one did they do? Atlanta and Atlanta, Denver. And the oh, one Atlanta from 97, Denver, right? 98
2: season. Yeah. All right. This one's for John. You know that. Yeah, Super Bowl. that one. Okay. So. So, okay, so you're going to have these these analysts. And uh, Christian McCaffrey signed a big contract this week in the NFL, 15 million million uh, extension, I guess, four for four years. more years.
3: Yeah, yeah
4: four, four years, years, $64 million. So highest yep. paid running back ever uh, per year. Uh, taking Ezekiel Elliott had the highest contract, but it's the, it the six-year, $90 million, But right. McCaffrey now. Right. And remember, McCaffrey is only one of three running backs to get 1,000 receiving and a 1,000 rushing yards in the same season. Roger Craig did it in 85 before he had John Taylor and Jerry Rice, mm-hmm. and then Marshall Falk did it one year. I can't remember what year Marshall Falk did it, but McCaffrey did it. So he who, he may not do that again as they start getting receivers in Carolina, but, they, I mean, Matt Rule, Joe Brady, really like him, him and Bridgewater, that could be a danger dangerous combination. Mm -hmm. Also, other news, Leonard Fournette is on the trading block. He's on the trading block with uh, Jacksonville. They're interested in other teams. They're shopping him around. So look for that could come in because they owe him a $4 million contract. And Cleveland is saying they are not trading Odell Beckham Jr. They're not okay. trading Minnesota right
2: Minnesota had said they were interested, I guess, but that's, uh, you know. They'll have well,
4: to, you uh, know. and um, um, Mark
3: Malusis from the fan is the one that reported that, and all the NFL insiders kind of blew that out of the water. So okay. they were ba- they were basically saying, you know, where did you get that from? And, of course, he wouldn't reveal his source. So as
2: a transition, and we can go into the, the uh, proposed schedules and the latest rumors and all that, we had two NFL uh, owners – on the committee that uh, Donald Trump founded to to uh, or, or form to try to pull this together and all the, the their buddies, you know, uh, Robert Kraft and Jerry Jones, and I guess they both support Trump. I know R- Robert Kraft has supported him, Jerry Jones, and then Mark Cuban, who certainly doesn't, uh, from the NBA. But while we're so to to get us move us from the NFL over to the, it, 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 the for rumor those who mill. have
0: not heard for those who haven't heard Chris, that is a very diverse task force. Yes. It's got it's got uh, pro and anti, it's got I mean, you, you just look at the members of Congress, you've every got, every, you've got everybody from every side of the, the wagon you can ever imagine is on that thing. That's right. Correct. Yeah. Every, certainly every, Mark Cuban every is not
2: a Trump fan, but, but again, Captain and Jones are there from the NFL, but
4: every so, sports commissioner, every sports commissioner's on there. Yep. Uh, Robert Kraft of course is on there and Cupid are on there not just for sports but for biz and other business uh, and Jerry Jones too. And as yep. Vince McMahon's on there, of course. Yeah. You know, uh, Dana White. You know, you Dana, so, Dana White's on there from UFC. So every sports commissioner, scripted, non scripted, they're all right. So maybe the way maybe the way to attack
2: this to get the latest rumors and get the latest information if we have any, is just go one sport at a time and just see where, where we are. A baseball. Now there was another plan thrown out about playing in Japan. I don't know how that, that's, that's, gonna, that that's
0: not going to happen because that's Japan the is having another. Japan is of. Japan is having another surge with this, so that they are, they're, they're ga- they're their 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 league has been delayed again. But it still sounds like the most likely plan to work. The, there's two of them: a the Arizona plan, and if you have the Arizona plan. What they're thinking they may do to keep the the minor leaguers, you know, that may be used in the major sharp is then they would send them to Florida to play uh, games, you know, against other minor leaguers so that they could stay sharp. Because you're not going to it's not going to be your remember, we were going to have a 26 man roster anyway. Right. It's not even going to be 26 because they're talking a two week spring training. Pitchers will be pitching maybe two to three innings to start. Right. Now, and, the, now they also, and, the, and the date that, that is being floated now, and this, these changed, so don't nope, take this. Every day. The, yep. the one that's being floated now and seems to have traction is July 4th.
2: Okay, yes. that's what I envisioned that they might try for that. Now, the thing is, Florida is, because of the various actions of the governor that we're not going to get into here, but things have been crazy down there, opening beaches and doing things. Florida, I'm, I'm dubious about Florida for any purpose because I just wonder if there's going to be another surge down the road.
0: You Florida. wonder, yeah, well, I know that, that um, I have not heard anything from the Florida officials, but I can tell you that Doug Ducey, who is the governor of Arizona, said that his state would, would very definitely be interested in housing the players and, and the personnel um, at the right time you know, when when things have calmed down a little bit. So he said Arizona is certainly interested. Now, interestingly enough, uh, this morning on the the front office, it sounds like if, if this goes the way that things are and you won't have feeds, TV feeds of both teams broadcasting, if it's, say, the Cubs playing the A's, if the A's are the home team, we as Cub fans on the Cub Network would see the A's broadcast, and if it's the Cubs that are the home team, the A's fans then would see our broadcast. That is – that's how it's going to now work. Now, why, why is well, that? No, 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 no Robert. We, that's not going. That's how – that's the going at this point. That right. changes too.
2: Everything right. changes, yeah. but why? Why is? It, and I assume that would be true of radio too. What was would, would be the uh, reason? No, for
0: radio. That? I think they're going to let radio handle radio, but because TV has a much larger crew, you crew? know, with camera people and this yeah. and this. Yeah, and this. Yeah. That's okay. the re- But I think I heard that radio will be allowed to do its own thing. Okay,
2: that's good. All right, and um, so so there's that. Now uh, moving into uh, just things that aren't happening. I think Sean, you wanted to kind of talk about the XFL and how it's uh, been put out of its misery. It declared bankruptcy. Let me get to that.
4: Okay, well that kind of ties in with baseball also, and what uh, with Florida. Go
2: ahead. Yeah,
4: and ties in with all the sports. Yeah, because Florida and this well, Florida of course the the WWE was allowed to start doing their shows, again, and were deemed essential because their sports on it, they're giving a national media platform, so they're doing stuff from their performance center with no fans, which means that a sport, an unscripted sport, could come in and say, wait a minute, we're doing this on a national platform, and Florida would have to let baseball in. So that's why the Florida plan comes in possibly for baseball, if it is. You know, mm-hmm. like I said, you know, if it's done, depending on how right. it's done and how it's done right. I don't know. I don't know.
0: I I don't another know thing, another thing, though, that may throw a wrinkle into the baseball plan. And they were talking about it this morning. There is an agreement that if you play no games, the players are going to get a full year of service time. Yeah. But there yeah. is not an and, agreement. There's not an agreement yet on the pay scale. For you know, if you play X games, 120 because, games
2: or something, yeah, yeah, right. there's no yeah.
0: agreement on that. And the players are sounding like they may fight that one to get absolute full. You know, if you play the, but I have a feeling that if they do want to fight, you know, that you may see cooler heads prevail and say, Hey, look this isn't the time to. Yes. I think
2: that that. in 81 and years of that sort, I think the players got full years of service because that was, you know, a strike and everybody agreed it was both sides, faults. blah, blah, blah. When they negotiated it, but the players need to bring it up because 120 games, you You know, days of service. And so if they only play 120 games or a hundred games or something, it can affect certain players. So it's well, and it it also,
0: Chris, it also brings up this issue. (laughs) Let's say that, Oh, I'll use a minor league with the I Cubs. PJ Higgins would be one of the catchers that they might use if they needed a backup catcher. Right, right. Then, if they, it, it sounds like the deal is that if he's up for a game, he only gets credit for that game. And then, if he's sent back down, he goes back down. And, you know, then when he comes back up, he gets credit for when he's up. Right. Right. So, and, but there's gonna be there's gonna be something worked out with the minor leaguers because they will. And you're I going think to you're going out. to and, see a lot of minor league players that you wouldn't ordinarily see. Right. It's going to be and like China spring training has- games.
4: And, okay, And tying this back in with the Major League Baseball and this potential Florida plan, Arizona plan, kind of going back leading into the XFL-WWE story. Now, I cover the, a lot of the WWE part of this story at 773-572-7715 on my wrestling line. So I cover, I cover that part, but basically, to sum that part up, XFL on Monday, remember last week we told you that Friday, they very quickly shut down operations, and there were speculations on what was going on. Monday, they filed for bankruptcy. Vince McMahon sold $300 million of his stock and invested it into a three-year plan for the XFL, and shortly after that, WWE stock started going down, and he had lawsuits from uh, you know, I went through all that about the lawsuits from other stock or potential lawsuits from stockholders and then other things going on. And that was when Fox and NBC told him he had to they you know, he saw his Fox and NBC WWE contract saying, wait, you have to do live programming and then now here the other day Fox and NBC were like, well no, we never said we would deduct that. But Vince McMahon, I think, panicked with all these WWE lawsuits coming from stockholders and was like whoa, my XFL, I put all this money, and now I'm shutting it down because something may happen with the NFL later on and definitely could happen with college football. So if I'm canceling the 2021 season, I'm losing another $100 million plus whatever I lost this year. I'm filing for bankruptcy. So people like right. Bob Stoops and the St. Louis Sports Commission are not getting paid because so he filed on the XFL which by the way was start you know, getting interest and in, so we'll see if he gets it and they come back in twenty twenty two or you know, what happens with the bankruptcy because he lost a hundred million on WrestleMania. Uh, and actually now and it's been and so he and then he lost another hundred million on the XFL. Two different companies, yes, but they're both Vince McMahon, who is on the Donald Trump uh committee, on yeah. the Donald Trump committee there. Yeah. So But that's how that ties in, and that's how... Now he so now he's doing stuff in Florida, but it's taped. But other sports are looking at it. And well, again, the you know, Florida angle the is really nutshell.
2: it's really tricky because you've you've had a lot of questionable decisions down there. A lot of things have happened and are happening, and you just don't know if that's a place you want to be to to stake your your claim. But
3: I, why was don't gonna, we, I was going to say I don't think the Florida governorship
4: is well, trustworthy, and it you know, is because no. like if it's like here in Texas, Texas they're opening the state parks, but they're saying you know no more more than groups of five and, you know, say, you know, right. in the park, they're being very smart. But it.
2: they had spring break and now they're opening yeah. beaches and they've just had a lot more inconsistency than, than most places. So uh, but, and the reason,
4: but, and the reason, the reason Vince McMahon did this, it also came out, I was thinking, okay, originally that it was a deal. Okay. Florida's going, oh, they were ready for this baseball plan. Apparently there was an $18.5 million gift for Vincent and Linda McMahon to, the governor of Florida and his right.
2: campaign. Well, one thing Florida is built on is tourism. So they're trying to get going and get things going. They, they, you know, and maybe we can't have fans yet, but they want to get Disney World open. They want to do all these things. I get that that's important to Florida, but they've they've done a lot of different things. I also see that it's about half past the hour, and we yes, do have more and, and uh, to
0: do. we do, but Bill is going to get us going if we don't take our two-minute timeout. So, so right let's take right. that, and then we'll come back
1: with some more. There's a right. layoff coming. Well let's see where we got listening in this week. A new one from the Russian Federation, Saint Petersburg. And, Ooh, welcome
0: uh, okay. welcome in.
1: Oh. Yeah. All
3: right. Well, we're hey. talking about Saint Petersburg, you know, Florida. All right, so there you go. That's well, right.
1: You gotta get some kind of time. I have a
3: Saint Petersburg represented.
1: So And let's go, say man. to a new listener in Michigan City, Indiana, which is in northwest okay. Indiana. Right. So okay. that's it's pretty much typical. Our listeners, we got to say hello to the two two five, and yeah. St. Louis, yep. and all our usual haunts in Michigan, and Ohio, and all over the place. So I'll turn it back over to you guys.
2: Okay. So we have a couple more odds and ends we want to do. And uh, one of them, Perry, why don't you talk a little bit about the college football scenarios?
0: Yeah, they, they, it came out this week that there are basically three plans and here the, I'll give them to you the in unlikeliest at this point to likeliest at this point, the yeah. unlikeliest is it starts on time and you play regularly. They would have to know that by the, about the end of May, and that does not seem like that's very likely. The next, the next of the three plans would be start around November and just play a shortened schedule, which would play go be like schedule. yeah, which would go like into February and and would end right after the Super Bowl. And most of these would be without your bowl games. It would just you know would be your playoffs and maybe your your New Year's Six. the The likeliest plan at this point would be start towards the end of January and, you know, or February and go clear into like May or possibly June. the, well, the What makes that most likely trip. is that the students are probably not all going to be on campus. And most of the commissioners, in fact, all of them have said, if the students are not on, <laughs> we can't have our football players on. So right. But, and, and you know, I know a lot of people have said, what, was, what would this mean for – March Madness and things like that. It would all just be going at the same time next year.
4: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It would
0: be chaos.
4: And probably, like I said, because February would basically be your September. March would be your October. April would be your November, and May would be your conference championship and bowl season, and right. maybe Memorial Day. And and you'd that have be...
2: the March Madness, you'd have baseball kicking in, you'd right. have hockey going, you know, wrestling and everything. So, whatever so else your, you teams, bring up.
0: your teams are going to have to probably, if, if they play football, basketball, and baseball, you're going to have to pro- maybe at times have three quality announcers to put out there. That's right. You know,
4: and what I've also heard is that basketball—they <laughs> would probably push a lot of their games because Saturday is a big day for basketball. They would push a lot to Sunday and a lot to Friday. Right. And then maybe you—they do some stuff with baseball. If you had a home baseball game, do a thing where hey, if you have your football ticket, come to the baseball game before or come to the baseball game after. If your football game is early, they—they they do mm-hmm. promotions like that depending on the school. And there may be some schools that are open in the fall, but they want every school and all their conferences, not just the power five, but the group of five, they want them all to be back in in September because let's say, okay, if every you're allowed to start having fans in October and November, you're not going to have half a semester of online and then half a semester of regular you finish right. up going to your regular classes they're just going to Yeah, they would be come online. back after New Year's. And,
0: Correct. And, yeah, and unlike unlike baseball and the NFL and things like that college is they're not going to play in front of no fans because fans I believe well, Chris Fowler said the gates are about 75% of their revenue right. whereas uh, just,
2: Yeah, whereas and with they're also the, not going to transition. You could see yeah. Not just so baseball, but in basketball and hockey. But you could see football transition where there's no fans, and then in November, and I know the mayor of Los Angeles said no fans right. for the rest but, of the year. But if it but starts to the, work the out, you could see football pick up. NFL might start fans but, in November but, but, or something the, like right, but that. No,
4: but college, the whole thing, seventy to seventy-five percent is ticket sales, and not just regular ticket sales. But say you get that millionaire alumni that goes right. up to the the skybox and they get he gets a few a little bit of bubbly in him and he sees the fans getting in and he writes that check that goes to the library and to the Athletic yep. Foundation and this dorm and that ching 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 so they now want that to go there.
0: Consequently the pro sports, your NFL MLB, they can afford to play in front of no fans because right. seventy five to eighty percent of revenue, I believe I heard in the NFL is is your um yeah, it's your TV money. money, yeah, and TV. then 70% and in baseball, baseball, and in baseball, I think it's seventy percent.
4: Right, yeah, baseball seventy, NBA is about seventy also. Baseball and NBA, I have, I, and hockey, I don't think it's, I don't know what it is in hockey, but I know Yeah, the
2: national TV isn't as big as you know local TV is what it is, but national TV is not as important to hockey, no.
4: Right. Yeah. Well, on yeah. uh, that baseball, local TVs that in certain markets. Like yes. you look at the new deal with Chicago. Well, in my
3: in my opinion, the hockey deal is the worst TV deal set up yep. for all but the major but sports. As
4: far, but as far as the fans, the pro sports can afford it. College, it's kind of you know they need they need those they need the regular fans, but they need the donors there at the games right. too.
2: So, the other thing we should cover before we go to our deaths, and unfortunately, as they say,
4: we have eight of those. Well, no, we got, we, hold on.
0: Perry has the, we have the
4: golf and the soccer, too. Perry has yeah. got my, oh, the golf. okay. Yeah, All right. the golf and the soccer. M- Perry.
0: MLS soccer is uh, going to start, they think, around the first of June, of course. No fans. Right. Um, so that's the first of June, and then golf they, is going to start. Uh, what I think it's June? Is it June twelfth for golf?
3: June eleventh. 11th.
4: June thirteenth.
3: 11th. June eleventh. 11th. Uh, uh, June eleventh. June eleventh. June eleventh. But June
0: soccer, I don't know how they're going to do
4: that because
2: they are they going to play in the Toronto Toronto different stadiums Montreal. or are they going to play together somewhere?
0: That I have not heard. It's this is because just. They have. Teams. It's still. It's they still have, being. That, that's and remember, this is all fluid. It could change again. So Absolutely. just because yeah. you hear us say yeah. that this week, we may come tell you something totally different next week. That's right. Right. Yeah. Now,
3: and oh, by the way, as far as far as another cancellation, the tour to France got canceled, and they moved it back to yeah, sometime totally, in August. Yes, it was
2: postponed, Robert. That's postponing. Yeah, uh, postponing, not postponed, yeah. Yes. Postponed. Okay. If it's canceled, it doesn't happen at all. Postponing but, yeah. is moving things back. I,
3: I know That's that. Great.
2: Yeah. All right. Good. Okay. Now we had one, and you know, usually we have about once every. About twice a week, we have somebody do something politically incorrect uh, in the normal world of sports, and we uh, usually have our political incorrectness discussion for about five minutes a show. But we only had one since the coronavirus thing started, and it was Kyle Larson. So somebody want to tell the Kyle Larson story?
4: Uh, well, Kyle Larson was in all right, the I race last week, and Pierre could probably come in and if he wants to raise his hand and jump in on this, too. But he, he dropped the N-bomb. About He was hollering at somebody, dropped the end ball. He didn't
3: know he was on crew. the air. His he
4: did
0: problem. not know he was on the air, but it was his crew. He was, he was trying, he was trying he to he talk to his, his crew. crew.
4: And everybody heard it. it. went over Fox. It went over yeah. every – every, and they're like, you know everybody heard you. And he uh, – yeah, it went all over, and it went very viral. First of all, his sponsor suspended him. Then his things team
0: still go
2: viral, by him. the way? I'm just checking on that. Yes, Is that something safe the, to Yeah, say yeah. Okay, I should, oh, yeah, okay. I, just,
4: I didn't think about that. But <laughs> yeah. it, went all, it went all over the place. His his team suspended him. Then his team fired him. But yep. apparently him and Bubba Wallace the other day had, an, had a little sit-down meeting. And supposedly worked it out. Bubble Wallace is like, I know you didn't mean anything, but look, you need to be careful. If you didn't mean it that way, it's not. It's not. Oh, because you can be perceived. And so apparently they had a little come to Jesus meeting because Bubble yeah, Wallace you, is African American. You
3: you you can't say those things in the twenty first right. century. You know it right.
4: No, and you've got to be – you never know when you're mic. You never know That's when you're right. mic. you got to be careful what you say. We have had
2: right. – uh, uh, you know what? If inside, there is a sorry, mic, we, we have always we, – we always say, and we talk about this on, on about our shows. We're on all things radio, most of us, and we talk about you never – you just assume you're on the air. That's what correct. you have to do. Yep.
0: Absolutely correct. Yep. yep. Okay.
2: And Any other arguments we thing.
0: need to do? Well, okay. This is
4: well, – there was some live sports, and this is kind of a funny story. <laughs> <laughs> the the tai in Taiwan the Chinese because remember oh, Taiwan yeah. they are they consider they're the real China Chinese professional baseball league the yakety monkeys were playing the uh, Fubon uh, whatever they were uh, Guardians Guardians and Henry Sosa former pitcher with the Astros was over there and there was a bench clearing brawl and the Taiwanese fans I mean they were just like are the announcer went, the English overdub of it was like, this does not happen here. This is normally, but, oh, we're normally conservative, but, oh, this is this is great. They were, like, excited because <laughs> they had a brawl their first game. <laughs> they just uh, they, had, they okay. had a brawl. Yeah, All right. and,
2: Well, that's good. It's good and, to know that uh, we're taking our competitive juices over, overseas now.
4: That's right. Okay. Joe Buck. Joe Buck. Yeah. This is another interesting story. <laughs> a, an adult, a porn site offered Joe Buck a million dollars if he would do play-by-play, and he, they said they offered it to six other, or to five other announcers. Also, he said he would do it if they all said yes, but of course, they all said no, so he said no. So you're not okay. gonna You're not going to hear Joe Buck doing play-by-play on any. Board, uh, all right. So.
2: Oh, no. it, that that sounds like the uh, Phil Rosuto line thing <laughs> in the uh, the Meatloaf song. You know. That's that, right. Okay. There yeah. we go. Okay, Chris, you well, we, you
0: have a list of for us, Chris, of people list. who unfortunately are not going to be saying anything anymore. They are no.
2: not. They are. They are not coming. As uh, our, our talk show host here, Howie Carr says, they are no longer coming down to breakfast. <laughs> the thing right. is that. Um, when, and, and I do have a little theory about this. These are no, not victims of coronavirus. They're not all older, but a couple of younger ones, but mostly older people. I think just the stress of if people have other health conditions, just worrying about other people, not seeing people, it really makes things difficult for folks. And I think yes. that's why we have so many. So we're going to start with the one we mentioned last week, which is Glenn Beckert. Uh, he was 79 years old. He played for the Cubs from 65 through 73. And if I recall, he took over for for um uh, uh, Kenny Hubbs when he died in a, uh, I think it was a plane crash in 65 spring training and I think that's when Glenn Beck- Beckert got the job he then played uh, San Diego in uh, 64 games in 74 and then uh, in 9 games in 75 uh, uh, and then he retired in 75 he he made 4 all-star games he was the, uh, with the Cubs he was the gold glove winner in 68 he had 1,320 uh, uh, hits uh fourteen hundred uh no wait uh well anyway, he hit he had two eighty three with twenty two home runs and three hundred and sixty RBIs. That's the important thing. So those are the games, Uh thirteen hundred and twenty games, I guess, fourteen thousand fourteen seventy three hits. That's the deal. Okay. Then we have and we he led the NL uh in low strikeouts. He was a contact hitter. He only uh and he led it in five times between sixty six and seventy two. So uh, quite a quite a you know good ball player he was he was a solid second baseman and uh, he uh, of course was he was there Don Kessinger was at short Ernie was at first you know that was the uh, the San uh, was at third Huntley Santa the catcher. Was at third yep 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 mm-hmm. so there you go quite a quite a team the Cubs had you know and you kind of saw it coming the years before 69 then of course they never won the division or anything but 69 was quite a year for the Cubs. Leo de the manager he was a big part of that okay we had Doug Sanders 86 years old a golfer he was, uh, let's see, they called him the uh, peacock on the course. I guess he was he was the peacock of the fairways. He uh, he won twenty tournaments. He won uh, in the uh, PGA, one senior, and three other kinds of tournaments. There were no majors, but he had 13 top 10 finishes. So he was always around. I heard his name a lot when I was a kid. Uh, four second place, and the closest was the 66 British Open, one behind uh, Jack Nicholas. So that was Doug Sanders. Then we have Tavares Jackson. Now, this is a young guy. Uh, it, was, uh, it was just before his 37th birthday. Died in a, a car crash. Uh, Minnesota. He played for the Vikings from 06 to 10 he then played for Seattle in 11 and then in 13 and 15 through 15 he was the quarterback uh coach at Alabama State in 18 and Tennessee State in 19 he was the backup for uh Russell Wilson in the uh, in Super Bowl 48 when they beat the uh Carolina and uh I think that was no, Denver I'm sorry they beat Denver, Denver and won the Super yeah. Bowl yep and he was uh, the starter for the uh for the vikings for a few years and then mostly a backup after that he threw 39 touchdowns and he had 7263 yards he had 35 interceptions and 636 uh rushing yards he was a running quarterback and six rushing touchdowns and uh in 07 uh, through 11 he was a minnesota starter and then he as they say he went to uh seattle basically a, a backup he played for buffalo or he didn't play for buffalo he was there in 12 with no action and uh and most of it starts, again, as I say, with, with the Vikings. And uh, so there you go. And it was a, a, uh, a single car crash that he died in. Our next one we need to talk about is Pete Retzlaff. He was a tight end. Uh, he died at 88 years old. He was a tight end for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, he was known as uh, Pistol Pete and, and the Baron. <laughs> he played for the Eagles from 56 through 66. He uh, won the championship, uh, won that one game that Vince Lombardi lost, that championship game December 26, 1960, when the Eagles beat the Packers. And so he was one of the champions on that team. He was uh, four Pro Bowls. He had uh, 44. uh, His number 44 was retired by the Eagles. Uh, Let's see. And he's in the Eagles Hall of Fame. He had 452 receiving uh, receptions, 7,412 yards, 47 touchdowns. Quite a number. Uh, and then in 69 through 72, he was uh, a, uh, let's see, he was the, he was the general manager. He was the, uh, he was the general manager. And I remember actually hearing him on WCAU, if I recall, he, would, he did a talk show uh, as general manager on, on a weekly basis with uh, Andy Musser or whoever, had a gr- really nice voice. He was also a, an analyst uh, for uh, NFL football in 73 and 74 for CBS. And then, uh, let's see. And uh, as I said, he was on WCAU as a talk show, uh, well, as a, a guest. Now, we lost Hank Steinbrenner this week, <clears throat> only 63 years old. He, this was after a long illness. He died in uh, Florida. It was a liver uh, complication. Uh, he was older than Hal, his brother Hal. And, of course, they took over the Yankees in uh, about uh, 10, 12 years ago. Uh, George
3: see. died in 2010. So that, yes, he that, did. George
2: yeah. died in 2010. He assisted Hal from 07 onward and uh, and uh, that was it and they they ran the Yankees and I guess Hal now is in in charge and uh, then we uh, have he's
0: mostly in charge Chris but I do believe there is a that Hal has a sister that is somewhat they got there yes. there's two sisters yes okay
2: all right Jim Fry and this is a, a name that I know that Perry will remember oh, yes I remember him yes 88 years old uh, an undisclosed uh, you know gradual uh, he, he had undisclosed uh, illness uh, took him he he graduated uh, with and was a good friend of Don Zimmer in uh, high school in Cincinnati uh, and let's see he did not play in the ml in mlb he was in the, he in the uh, Braves he played in the minors he was uh, he played for the Braves uh, the Boston and Milwaukee system and the Cardinals system then he went uh, he was a scout and then a coach uh, and minor league manager for Baltimore and then he started to coach for the Orioles uh, from uh, 70 through 79 I think it was with with Earl Weaver and then he managed Kansas City in 80 and 81 and he won the uh, American League pennant in 80 and then in 81 though he was let go during the season he won the pennant they lost to the Phillies but then in 81 he was let go uh, during the year he did not finish the strike year he then went to Chicago, managed there from 84 through 86, which is the year 84 that they won the division, of course, and played San Diego and had the two games to none lead and lost the series three games to two. Uh, then I kind of thought
0: we were headed to the World Series that year, Chris. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, let's GM. see.
2: And then, uh, let's see. And then he, he was the uh, GM of the Cubs. Uh, yes, he was, uh, that's right. He was the GM for the Cubs, too. And then... Uh, uh, let's see, I'm looking for those years. I don't have that here. Oh, he was replaced by Dick Hauser in Kansas City, by the way, who went on, of course, and did a great job.
3: And won the World Series yeah, in He was a coach for
2: the Mets in 82 and 83. Right. Then, uh, and then he did the color for the Cubs in 87 on the radio. I didn't did, realize he that. He did, yes. And then, yeah, GM for the Cubs in 88 through 91. And uh, there you go. Then we have Willie Davis. This is not the Dodgers' Willie Davis. This is the Green Bay Packers' Willie Davis, 85 years old. Uh, he, he was, uh, let's see, he played from the Cleveland Browns in 58 and 59, then Green Bay from 60 through 69, which means he was there for all the glory years of the Packers. He, he had got two uh, Super Bowl rings in 67 and 68, and then five NFL championships, five Pro Bowls. He went to the NFL Hall of Fame in, in 1981. He uh, Let's see. He had a uh, hundred. He played in 162 games. He uh, 22 fumbles. I guess he recovered and two interceptions and one touchdown. And then uh, let's see. And he had uh, kidney problems. So there we go with him. Then we move on to Domaso Garcia. Uh, he played second and short. He was 63 years old. He uh, let's see. He was uh, for the Yankees in '78 and '79. Then he went to Toronto, where these were his big years. His long uh, term career 80 through 86. Then he played for the Braves 21 games in 88. It says here, uh, then, uh, Montreal in, uh, I think, uh, 89. And then he was an all-star in Toronto in 84, in 85. He won the silver slugger in 82. He had a two eighty three batting aver- average, 36 home runs, 323 RBIs, and 203 steals. So he's pretty fast. And then, um, uh, after he retired, he had double vision and a brain tumor, so he was not uh, healthy. Uh, but that was removed in 91, and uh, he, he uh, had trouble with speech and driving and so forth. But he threw out the first pitch for Toronto in 1992. So I think that was it. And we did mention earlier, we don't have the information on him yet. We will next week about Bobby Winkles dying, who was the manager of the uh, – Oakland A's, first the California Angels, Oakland A's, and also the head coach of the Arizona State uh, team. in uh, Yeah,
3: and he was Depp. 90 years old.
2: So. He was 90 years old. Yeah. So, okay. So now uh, we've covered all that, and now we have our This Day in History, and uh, Sean and I will pull that together as best we can.
4: A lot of baseball, some golf early on, and a little bit of basketball and hockey.
2: Right. So on the fir- 13th, we just uh, uh, commemorated the uh, 11th anniversary of Harry Callis' death. Jerry uh, pointed that out earlier. He died in the broadcast booth. He was waiting to do a game with the uh, with the Washington um, Nationals. Uh, and it was yeah, that was suppo- that season. was
3: supposed to be an afternoon game, and there was,
2: was an afternoon yeah. game. They did yeah. not play it because he died in the booth, yep. and that was on, on the 13th. On uh, then, okay, in '54, Hank Aaron played his first game uh, for uh, the uh, Milwaukee Braves. And let's see also, what else happened that day.
4: Also, the Baltimore Orioles debuted as a Baltimore Yes, Orioles they did.
2: Debut. That was when the Baltimore Orioles started their first uh, season. I think they played against Chicago that first game. It's so, like everybody starts against the White Sox. I don't understand. we had a <laughs> yeah, lot of that. I've
4: noticed that with these history things.
2: Yes. <laughs> the 42 Masters. It was a 42 Masters. We had uh, that was, said That
4: was the last one before the war. And that right. was, yeah.
2: Yeah, they played didn't play in 43 through 45. But they played now, in 42. Byron Nelson won that one. Byron Nelson won it, and then uh, in a playoff. In 70, uh, Billy Casper won an 18-hole playoff. The very last
4: 18-hole playoff. That that was the last one that had an 18-hole playoff. Then they went to sudden death after that.
2: Yeah. 75, Jack Nicklaus won his fifth uh, Masters, and in 86 86, he won his sixth Masters. That's
4: right. And that was the Vern Lundquist call on 16. That's That's right. Right. And
2: And and in 97, 97, Tiger got his first Masters. And uh, then... in '57, the Celtics won their <clears throat> excuse me their first championship. They won, uh, beat the St. Louis Hawks four games to three in a double overtime, 125-123 game, and uh, that was quite a quite a game. The first uh, championship I ever experienced, and I was not a longtime sports fan. That was what got me into it. Here's this guy yelling and screaming. What the heck is he talking about? And that's the first of their eleven out of the thirteen in the Bill Russell era. Also, we missed one on 11th last uh, week. We should have mentioned on April 11th that the Celtics won another championship, beating the Hawks uh, four games to one on a Tuesday night, April 11th in uh, 1961. That was a good team, the 60-61 Celtics, uh, one of their best ones. Okay, so we move to the 14th of April. And uh, let's see. The first game outside of the United States was played in Montreal, in Jerry Park, as uh, Montreal, uh, uh, Montreal beat St. Louis. Yes. That and was then, in
3: 1969, right? 69, Chris? correct.
2: Yeah, yep. yep. mm-hmm. yep. and okay. And uh, Bob Golby won by one stroke over Roberto Di in 1968, and, the, and Di Vincenzo uh, had signed the wrong scorecard. Now the story about that is actually interesting. It wasn't the wrong total; it was the the holes were in the wrong. You know, he had a three where it should have been a four and a four. It's supposed to be exactly accurate, and a player is supposed to know. And he looked at the the the. Uh, the scorecard, which the caddy keeps, he misremembered, he signed it. Then he realized he made a mistake. Nothing would have happened if he hadn't blown the whistle on himself. This right. is a very honorable, golf is a very honorable sport. And he came forward and said, this isn't right. I had the wrong number in the wrong place. And so the goal, be won it by the rules of golf. They're very strict. And right. so, But but he brought it forward. It was not anything he tried to pull or anything of that sort, unlike Rosie Ruiz in the marathon or something in 1980 or right. any of those kinds of things. So, um, and then in 02, Tiger won one of his masters.
4: Number three. And number 19, three. And at 19, he got number
2: five. Yep. Okay. Then we move to the 15th. And remember 19,
4: the, that was last yeah. year. That was where they had to move it up early because of the rain. <laughs> that was right. the rain. That's yeah, yeah, it got it's over about 2
2: o'clock Eastern, if I remember. Something like that. Yep. On the 15th, uh, in 1927, uh, uh, Babe Ruth hit his first home run of the year uh, on his way to 60 home runs, which, of course, was the record until 1961. In 47, Jackie Robinson made his first Major League appearance, the first appearance of a black man in Major League Baseball and, uh, for the Brooklyn Dodgers uh, on, the fif- on the 15th. In 58, the Dodgers and Giants played the first game in California, uh, first real game. I'm sure they played some exhibitions. Yeah, at Seal Stadium. That's where that game was. The Giants had not built Candlestick Park yet. They played at Seal Stadium in San Francisco, the home of the uh, San Francisco uh, team before that, where Joe DiMaggio Steel. played and so forth. San Francisco Seal, and yep. uh, and I think that the uh, San Francisco beat the Dodgers on that day. I, I
4: believe did. you're correct. Yes, yes, yep. yes, they did. They beat. It. They won that day.
2: Eighty four. Ben Crenshaw won the Masters.
4: His first mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Masters, by the way, and that. And by the way, this is that is the latest the Masters was ever played by the finals yeah. on. Ver- Right, I don't know what happened that year. Well, that record will be broken this year.
3: (laughs) Well, that's
2: true. Well, yeah,
4: it will be this year.
2: Yeah. In 97, Jackie Robinson's number 42 was uh, retired all across baseball. They let people who were still wearing 42 finish wearing it, like Mo Vaughn was one and some others. But uh,
3: Mariano Mariano Rivera was the last person to ever wear number 42. Yep.
2: And uh, those guys got to finish. And then from then on, it retired and it's hung up everywhere representing Jackie Robinson. And then uh, we had uh, something that we had to mention that uh, Sean, they didn't have on his uh, report. But that's the day that Habichek stole the ball on uh, April 15th, 1965. Yep. The Celtics and Sixers had played. it. The, the Sixers had required uh, Will Chamberlain during uh, January during the All-Star break, and uh, that uh, the Sixers had been a pretty good team, but that really made them a great team. And
3: if I, and if I remember right, Chris, he stole the ball from Hal Greer, if I'm not mistaken.
2: What happened was one... it was a, it was a pat. Well, so so the Celtics had a one-point lead. They, uh Bill Russell was trying to get the ball in. It hit the support, which gave it back to the Sixers with five seconds to go. And what happened was Greer was trying to get the ball into Chet Walker under the basket and Havlicek. Now, whether Havlicek stole it or intercepted it, I don't know whether it was a bad pass or what. But according to Johnny Most, Havlicek stole the ball. It's all over it. and all yeah. that. And we heard yeah. that. And uh, that was it. The, all the There was a great seven-game series. There were four or five really close ones. Everybody won their home games. And in those days, because they would just go, you know, Boston, Philadelphia, Boston, Philadelphia, Boston, Philadelphia. That's how they did it. Right. So everybody won their home games, and including that last one. And then the Celtics held on and, and won that game. So that was it on the 15th. And then in, on the 16th, Babe Ruth uh, signed with the uh, Boston Braves to play. Uh, the Yankees had cut him. And so he signed with the Braves, but he left uh, just a few weeks later, I think in May. And uh, – and- Let's see. In 72, uh, what do we have? Bert, Bert We Hooten. have some no-hitters. Bert Hooten. Pitched Shoot, no both of them
4: against the Phillies. Both of yes. them against the Phillies.
2: Yep. Ha- yeah. Bert Happy Hooten, they call them. Yep. And then... And then, uh, and then Bob Forsch pitched one for the Cardinals in '78 as well over the Phillies. Yep. And then we and have Friday some, the 17th. Friday the 17th. Yeah, tell us your part of it, All right. uh, Sean. All
4: right, Friday the 17th. Uh, Jackie Robinson got his first hit in 1947, first major league hit. Mm-hmm. 1951, Mickey Mantle made his debut with the Yankees. Okay. okay. 1953, the uh, Mickey Mantle hit a 565. Foot home run, one of the longest in history out of. That was, uh, that was the longest one he'd ever hit. Yeah, Griffith by the Stadium way. in Washington. Yep. One, and it went out of Griffith Stadium into mm-hmm. a garden of a neighboring house. <laughs> okay. Yeah. okay. 1964, 1964, Mets debuted in Shea Stadium. That's yep. right. 1969, okay. uh, the quickest no hitter ever as an expansion team. Nine games in, Montreal Expos. A uh, pitch no hitter, didn't catch who that was against. And then 1976, Phillies were down to the Cardinals, 13 to two in the fourth inning. Came back and won, 18 to 16. Four back-to-back home runs by Mike Schmidt to win that. Uh, wasn't that against the Cubs? It was the Cubs. It was the Cubs. Yes, you are right. It was yeah, Cubs. Yeah, because that, okay. that, that was, an, an, that that was, was Cubs, in
3: Wrigley Field, though. Sean. It was yeah. in Wrigley Field? Yes, and only And only hey. a game like that can take
4: place in Wrigley Field because the yeah. wind was yeah, blowing I wrote out. Cardinals, yeah. I wrote Cardinals, but it was the Cubs, and I think I set the Cubs on yeah. the one place that I did put the right. sports yeah. history. That I there were a couple to more that I
2: had for the 17th because I had not heard those. But on the 17th, Tony Canigliaro hit his first uh, major league home run, and he was a guy who people need to realize would have been one of the five hundred home run hitters if he had not been injured he got hurt of course at 67 getting beaned, only hit 100 some odd home runs but he right. was off to get 100 and he was the youngest player to ever hit 100 home run and mm-hmm. he was going to have a career not as, as good a defensive player but a similar offensive career to reggie jackson i think most mm-hmm. people consider that he would have been that good as far as home runs and rbis and he he did it in ted kennedy was in the booth because ted kennedy was on tv you, you there's the sound is there of him talking to kurt Gotti. they were doing a game uh, honoring the Kennedy Library, uh, their fund. They, they gave money to the, towards the Kennedy Library, the Red Sox did, uh, because, of course, it was the first game at Fenway Park after the assassination. So right. Ted Kennedy was in the booth when that happened. And then the uh, Montreal Canadiens won uh, their, let's see, this was in 58. So it was the third of five in a row that they won from 56 through 60. They beat the Bruins in overtime on the 7, 17th of April, and they won four games to two. And then um, another Stanley Cup on the 18th for Montreal and the fourth in a row. They beat Toronto four games to none and won it on that Saturday night. But here's an interesting one. The Celtics and Lakers played one of their, you know, we talk about Celtics-Lakers games. This was the thing that really got the rivalry going. This game, April 18th, 1962. Remember, the Celtics had beaten the Lakers in 59 when they were in Minneapolis. But this is the one that really made it a magical rivalry. The Celtics pl- played the Lakers and went into overtime. And the Celtics won the game. Frank Selby had a chance to... At the winning shot and he missed it but just before overtime celtics won the overtime the game was broadcast on w on channel 5 whdh tv and that was a home game but they knew they would sell it out so they did broadcast it and the monday before on the 16th they had picked up the simulcast of chick hearn chick hearn used to do tv for the lakers from t people could go to theaters and watch the lakers or they could hear it on the radio so they picked up channel 5 picked up the broadcast and then don gillis from here, did the uh, did the game on the 18th? So that got the Celtics uh, really, you know, uh, notoriety. And then they they put put together some home home game TV contracts the next couple of years and some road playoff games. But it was that was the thing that really got the rivalry going that game. And then uh, let's see, let's see, I'm just trying to see if we have anything else. And the 19th, which is today, uh, we had the Celtics. And and this was a comeback. They had been behind behind three games to one. They came back and won the last three games, and they won a seventh game in Philadelphia uh, in 1968. Uh, by about oh, four or five points. Very good game. And then they went on to play the Lakers in the final. And uh, this, this happened. Remember, we, we said the Celtics lost one because, Billy, uh, because Bill Russell got hurt. This one probably happened because Billy Cunningham of the Sixers got hurt. I think most people agree that the Sixers were, they won 68 games. Celtics won 60, not a bad season. But the, the Sixers were clearly a better team in 67 and 68. But Billy Cunningham got hurt in the series before that. So I think most people believe that the, that the Sixers maybe would have won another championship there and the other thing to just say on the 19th of April and I don't have all kinds of details but just to remind you all marathons were run on the 19th of April on Boston marathons unless it was Sunday which it is today uh, every year until 1969 when Patriots Day moved to the third Sunday of April so, so any Monday uh, uh, yes, third, third Monday in April. So any marathon information that happened up until 1969, other than Sunday, was on the 19th of April. I don't know any any of that right now, but many historic things, you know, happened in those marathons. And, of course, well over 100 marathons. I don't even remember how many, but, you know, and we all remember, of course, that was April 15th, the tragic bombing last, uh, you know, in uh, 2013. But uh, after 69, there were different days. But um, we need to say on the 19th of April, that was marathon marathon day most of the time going to up to 1969 so that's about all i have for uh, for any of that stuff
4: well and that's it And for those of you worried they're just showing the intro to the michael jordan thing so you're not missing much they are just talking about the uh, the the 97 championship so you're okay but if you want to listen to this again or if you have a friend who is watching the michael jordan thing and was worried about missing the beginning you can tell them that they can download the podcast by going to legendoldies.com or typing in Sports Lounge Live in their podcatcher or going to 773-572-3006, going to option 9 for Sports Lounge Live, option 8, All Things Radio, option 7 for The Coffee Club, and other legend shows on options 4, 5, and 6, plus Indiana School for the Blind stuff on option... One, two, old-time radio, option three. Just listen to that wonderful sparkling voice of Bill Sparks telling you what's on all those options. Bill
2: Sparkling but, Sparks, we call him. Yes, we yeah, do. Yes,
4: Sparkling yeah. Sparks. There you go. And <laughs> if you want to leave us any feedback at any time, we're still waiting on that first voicemail. We are. 800-693-0595, option number two. It's hit for Sportsline Live. So, anyway, next week we'll have some draft stuff. Actually, we'll know who's been drafted by teams, so we will be back. Uh, and, hey, who knows? Maybe we'll know more of what's going on. Maybe we'll have more speculation. We'll have more speculation. Oh, we'll have more speculation,
2: members. if nothing else. We, we can always speculate. We're good at that.
4: Oh, yeah, we're, yeah, we're very good we're, at that. We'll see you all next week.
3: Yeah.